0: Hi everyone, welcome to this edition of Roar Lions Radio. I'm your host Bill DeFilippo, joined by my co-host Nick Pollock. Nick, I've heard you've had a rather uneventful weekend.
1: Yeah, I didn't really do too much, you know, just kinda hanging out, doing whatever. Oh, um, alright,
0: nothing. Yeah, I wanna wonder... Oh wait, no, you're the one who got engaged, right? Oh oh yeah, you're right. That was That's right. I really hope Holly doesn't listen to this because I feel like she might
1: get a little bit upset at us, but neither here nor there. She told me I was required to say something about it, but she did not say what I was required (laughs) to say. Uh, Yes, for those of you
0: who don't follow us on the Twitter machines, Nick is the first person since Roar Lions Roar launched uh, to get engaged from our site, so please uh, head into the comment section and say, like, hide your disgust for him, say something nice to him. It would be very kind of you if you would do that. Uh, But we're also going to kind of make y'all mad at us because we are here to talk about the bad Big Ten bowl games. Uh, We're going to have another podcast a little bit later this week uh, with our friend Matt Brown from Sports on Earth when we're talking about the good bowl games, you know, uh, the Rose Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, uh, those kind of things. Today, we're talking about the bowl games that we're probably not going to watch all that closely. Uh, We may be joined in a little bit by a uh, friend of ours. We'll keep that under wraps just so it can be a surprise when he hops on. Actually, no, it's going to be up in the header if he... Uh, comes on. So it'll be Kyle Robbins, our friend from Crimson Uh So yeah, hopefully we're able to get Kyle on, but for now, Nick, I think it's time for us to talk about some bad football.
1: Yes, it is. It's the best time of the year.
0: It is the absolute best time of the year. There's only one day uh, during this entire, you know, part of the calendar that I don't love. And that is December 26th, uh, because that's when Maryland and Boston college play each other in the quick lane bowl. Uh, Nick, what is the thing that you're going to tell your loved ones uh, so you can kind of sneak away and watch a little bit of this one so they don't have to know that you're watching Maryland and Boston College playing Detroit, Michigan?
1: Let's see if this is on the this is on the 26th. This, this is the day
0: after Christmas.
1: Yes. So. All right. Well, first of all, you have the built in excuse of I mean, I know with my family, at least we have a, a meal that is akin to Thanksgiving dinner. Um, on Christmas, it's about the same size, so you always have the automatic food coma excuse that I just need to sit on my couch and do nothing. Um, there's all you could always go with. I'm gonna go. <clears throat> I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch Maryland play football and just get everyone laughing, and then while they're laughing, slip out of the room and watch. Um, you could always say that I want to go see the extreme extreme polar opposites of boston college's offensive putridness and their defensive solidness i mean you you could go a few different routes
0: yeah i'm i'm actually looking at this one uh by s&p plus maryland is the number 87 team in the country boston college is the 88 team in the country um this is like i i cannot fathom why anyone would want to watch a game between Uh, 6-6 Maryland team and a 6-6 Boston College team when you could be doing literally anything else. Um, I'm trying my hardest to say something insightful about this game, and I just cannot do it. Uh, So I will just say that Boston College's defense is really, really good. And uh, when we were talking leading up to the Big Ten championship game, we talked about how the interesting thing to watch uh, was the fact that Wisconsin's defense was the best unit on the field uh, but their offense was the worst one and Penn State was in the middle. That's the case here, uh, but in a very silly and terrible way because the best unit on this field by a mile is Boston College, 21st in defensive s and Its offense is 125th in offensive S&P+. Plus. Uh, sin- in- since November in four games against Louisville, Florida State, UConn, and Wake, they have scored 28 points. It's just not a good team. Maryland's not a good team. The win probability is 50-50. Nick, in, we have our little uh, Roar Lions, Roar Bowl Mania pool thing. I believe I took Maryland. I did take Maryland in this one. I put 22 confidence points on it. Um, but it's hard for me to say with any amount of certainty that uh, that will happen or I will watch a single second of this game.
1: Yeah, I I also picked Maryland. I only put 11 confidence points on it. I, I, it's, so normally I would look at this and say, okay, well, we know what Maryland, we know the way that Maryland wins games is by running the football, and Boston College is really, really, really good at stopping the run, but it's, it's, that aspect of the game is negated by the fact that Boston College's offense is just so, so bad, but it's really, like, it's strength, the interesting part about this game, one interesting part at least, is that these teams are just strength against strength yeah like maryland's best thing they do on offense is running the football The, i mean i won't say the best thing boston college does is stop the run because there's all they're also really good stopping the pass but they're really good stopping the run but they have a horrible offense and maryland is a horrible defense so it's kind of just be like it's kind of gonna kind of gonna come down to what gives first and in a game like that i usually lean towards the team with defense being what holds up if if their offense can just get like one big play. So I I picked Maryland, but you know what? I'm actually going to click and change my pick to Boston College. Whoa,
0: okay. Ladies yeah, and gentlemen, so you we were go. listening to Nick Flip Flop on the air.
1: This is, this is live.
0: Yeah, this is live. Um, also, it se- seems like Kyle will be here in one second, so uh, we'll be sure to double back and ask Kyle to say something funny. Uh, for the quick lane bowl. Uh, next up's the holiday bowl. Uh, this game is <clears throat> kind of weird. Uh, Minnesota against Washington State. It's on December twenty seventh. Uh, Minnesota has been a, a solid team all year long. Uh, they they've more or less limped to the finish line over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Washington State, meanwhile, they're also a team that's kind of limped to the finish line. Uh, they were. They looked like they had a – they didn't even look like they had a shot to potentially win uh, the big the, – not the Big Ten. The Pac-12 North uh, crapped the bed in their final game against uh, against Washington in just a spectacular fashion. Still ended the year 8-4. and four. They had a really good stretch in the middle of the year. They have an offense that obviously can move the ball on you. It's going to be a really good matchup against Minnesota's defense. Uh, Nick, in this game, obviously, football is – very much second to real life stuff that is far more important than the stupid game that we, you know, like to watch. Uh but let's uh le- like I know that you are very confident in Washington State. I have them at uh twenty-seven points to win this one. I just think they're gonna be able to throw the ball pretty easily.
1: Yeah, I have them at four forty two. This is the my most confident pick is Washington State over Minnesota. And one of the things that's important with uh, bowl season and choosing games is because all these games outside of the playoff are really they're actually meaningless, like they really don't mean anything. It's really about finding the teams that have the motivation to win and finding the teams that don't have motivation to win. Like great example of that would be this isn't Big Ten related, but picking San Diego State over Houston um, in yesterday's game team like Houston you just lost your head coach like there's there when there's that many distractions off the field for a game that really doesn't mean anything in the long run it's pretty easy to lose yourself and just kind of let it fade away to the other team and I obviously with everything going on at Minnesota to say there's been distractions is an understatement I mean they almost weren't even in this bowl game they had brought it to the brought it down to the wire to decide to play so I I think I don't think it's a stretch to say that football has been the furthest thing from their minds the last few days. So keeping all of that in mind and knowing how good Washington state's offense still is even despite how they finished the season their last two games against Colorado and Washington. Uh I feel very very confident in the Cougars in this one.
0: Yeah, uh that makes two of us. I don't want to talk about this game anymore cuz I just want to make fun of Pitt. Uh in their next game, the Pittsburgh
1: Oh wait, game. we have to talk about the we have to talk about the gifts. I forgot. Oh,
0: yes, yes. Nick uh, decided to do a service uh, and pull up the gifts for every bowl game. Let's start. Uh, Nick, the Quick Lane Bowl. That was actually yes. a pretty sweet uh, selection of things.
1: Yeah, so they're being rewarded for having to go to Detroit to play a bowl game. So they're getting a uh, $200 Best Buy gift cards jbl headphones life-size fat heads of each participant in their likeness so a fat head of themselves which is very cool that is awesome. um a hoodie a hoodie a winter hat rockham apparel socks whatever rockham apparel is uh, a backpack and a vintage football so good for them
0: yeah and then what was it for the
1: uh for the holiday bowl for the holiday bowl they are getting a gift suite a fossil watch and a new era cap yeah. So, not as great.
0: Well, I mean it could be as great. I don't know anything that happens in these gift suites, so I can uh
1: They also get to they also get to go to San Diego. So.
0: Yeah, they do get to go to San Diego. So
1: that's That's a step up. That's cool.
0: Uh next up, uh let's talk about a baseball game, uh not a baseball game, a football game at a baseball stadium, Northwestern against Pitt in the Pinstripe Bowl. Uh of course, the Pinstripe Bowl will always hold a special place in all of our hearts, is that was the first bowl game that uh, Penn State was able to go to post-sanctions. Won a really, really great game against Boston College. Of course, I am purposely trying to make the uh, one where we talk about Pitt about Penn State because that is extra <laughs> demeaning. Uh, for this one, Nick, this is one of those ones that I don't think I feel especially good about. Uh, just for trash talk purposes, I am fairly sure... Uh, I picked Northwestern. So, yeah, I picked Northwestern. I put 23 on them uh, mostly because I am I just like to laugh at the misery of the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, but Northwestern's been a weird team. They were kind of hot around the middle of the season, kind of took it to Ohio State. Wisconsin was a bit of a weird one for them, and then ended by just beating the hell out of Purdue and Illinois and losing a close one to Minnesota. They're a very up-and-down team, a good defense Uh, If they come to play, Justin Jackson, Clayton Thorson are the kind of guys who uh, can really get the job done. At the same time, Pitt, we know what Pitt is. James Connors is going to be his last game. I think they're going to be fired up from that. Lost Matt Canada, but I still think that uh, even though I pick Northwestern, I think Pitt actually ends up winning this game, but I'm too too proud to not uh, change my pick on this one.
1: I'm more worried about winning, so I did pick Pitt to win. I only put 19 confidence points on it, so not not my most confident pick. But, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, one of those external factors again, James Conner having it be his final game is pretty noteworthy. Um, Pitt's offense has been really good all year. They're yeah. fourth in S&P Plus for offense. Um, and Northwestern, like you said, has been really up and down and I know they did finish the year by smacking Purdue and Illinois, but that's also Purdue and Illinois who are both really bad. Um, at no point this year, uh, Northwestern beat Iowa and they finished 20th in S P, But aside from that, their, their wins this year came over uh, in terms of S&P, the number 79, 54, 48, 108, and 98 teams. And they lost to 37, 16, three, 34, and 36. So really if it's, if every time they faced aside from the Iowa game, every time they faced a decent to good team, they haven't won. So I think it's, I I, I think, oh, and, uh, and then they lost to Illinois State, who doesn't mm. have an SP rank actually. So um, aside from that game, their season's actually been pretty predictable in that they're losing to the good teams and beating the bad teams. Um, and I, as much as it, as annoying as it might be, I think Pitts a pretty good team. The offense isn't yes. good or the the defense isn't good. But overall they're a pretty good team. So I think they win that game pretty handily. Yeah,
0: this game kinda has like it smells like a game that ends like forty five to forty one or something. Like uh, again, Pitt's offense is really good and they should be able to get some uh, score some points, but their defense is not especially good and Northwestern's the kind of team that can you know, do some weird stuff every now and then. So that this one has a little bit of potential to get fun. Uh, I probably won't watch yeah. too much of it also because I'm kind of boycotting the fact that the gift suite for this one's a bit lame.
1: Yeah. And this one there, the all all it's listed is a variety of new era products, which granted could be cool because new yes. era makes some pretty cool stuff. They but do. there's also the possibility that they just give them a bunch of hats. So yeah,
0: yeah mm-hmm, whatever. Uh, next up, this would be the perfect time for Kyle, the call to connect with Kyle I'm on try number like seven, uh, but it's time to talk about the Hoosiers, Indiana against Utah. Um, the last couple of uh, weeks of Indiana football have been really weird. Kevin Wilson is out, replaced uh, by their defensive coordinator, whose uh, name I can't think of right now. I think it's like Todd or Tom something. Give me a second. This is kind of embarrassing. Uh, Tom Allen. Yeah, Tom Allen's since become the head coach of this team. Um, meanwhile, Utah, physical, smash-mouth football team. It's every Utah team that we've seen over the past however many years. Uh, went to the finish line a bit. They started the season 7-1, and one, ended it uh, three 1-3, uh, and three. Solid defense, solid offense. Joe Williams is one of the better stories in college football this year. Uh, Nick, I have Indiana winning this one um, for for really no reason. I just think it's going to be a weird and silly game. Uh, But I know you're really confident about Utah taking this one.
1: Yeah, I picked Utah with 34 confidence points. So I'm fairly confident. I agree that Probably will be a weird game because Indy is involved in it. Therefore, weird football <laughs> game is likely coming. Um, but I, I just, again, I mean, Indiana losing your head coach and the the weird situation that they lost their head coach in, again, that another just another distraction off the field. So, and I know, uh, probably not a lot has changed for the players. With uh, I mean, there wasn't it wasn't like a huge coaching change. It's probably a guy they've been with all year, so it's not. Like a big culture shock for them, but it's still it's still significant losing your head coach before another before a game. So I, that's one of the reasons I have Utah winning, and I just think they're the they're the steadier team, they're the more trustworthy team. Um, I mean, they're they're better. Over, oh, is that Kyle? Yes,
0: Kyle is here. Kyle, can you hear us?
2: Hey, I'm finally here.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, actually, on this podcast, after for the second time time of trying to join. Roar Lions Radio and having massive Skype difficulties for almost the entire <laughs> link to the program, probably.
0: <laughs> yeah, you actually came at a perfect time because we are talking uh, about a certain bowl game sponsored by Foster Farms. So, yeah, so before we get to that, Kyle, what I want you to do is give us 10 uh-huh. second uh, descriptions of the Quick Lane Bowl between Maryland and Boston College, the Holiday Bowl between Minnesota and Washington State, and the Pinstripe Bowl between Northwestern and Pitt. Namely, about how much time you will spend watching all three of those football games. Ten seconds each. I am not going to time you. This is an honor system. Ready, go.
2: I can't hold my ass up to the uh, the speaker here and fart into it. Um, so I'm not going to talk about <laughs> Minnesota Boston College. Um, Washington State's really fun. Um, Minnesota, I'm just going to kind of ignore that they have a football team right now, um, yeah. though it's probably something that we should talk about, and I'll be aware of the events playing out in Minnesota and, and that, but I, I, this is a fun football podcast, and, and I'm going to try to stick to that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Mike Leach. Um, and uh, what was, oh, Northwestern Pitt. I'm not going to scream about Mad Matt, Matt Canada for that long, but how, oh my God. I, no, 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 no. Pitt will probably score 70 on Northwestern because if Matt Canada was responsible for that offensive turnaround, quote, unquote, um, I, I'm sorry, I watched the man coach for um, seven-some years in Indiana, and yeah, yeah, I'm going to need more evidence that he was responsible and affecting that in a positive manner and that Pitt shouldn't have actually scored about 90 points a game. Um, and he was probably limiting. So, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not going to watch any of those three games, and you shouldn't either.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> really quickly, before we talk about your team, do an impression of Coach o.
2: My impression of Coach O, okay. Well, we well, um, <laughs> uh, just got to play, uh, uh, we're, we're just play uh, LSU football. Uh, 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 um, yeah, um, we just got to play football. We just got to play football with LSU football. Uh, we're we're, we're going to bring football back to Bayou. I don't even know where I'm from in Louisiana. <laughs> I just know I'm, from uh, I'm just going to come down there. I'm just going to talk like this. Well, this ain't going to work with Matt Cannon. Kendrick. Matt Cannon's going to get fired by by about a 16th game into uh season. LSU. Um, that wasn't a very good impression. <laughs> I'm so bad at impressions, man. I don't
0: you man to go, Joe.
2: That just sounded like that, that's that's so disrespectful to Ted or Drawn because I just did an impression of a man that had a stroke on the air. <laughs>
0: Uh, speaking of having strokes, uh, let's talk about Indiana football and what that does to you. Uh, they're going to be they're uh, they're playing Utah. How you uh, how you feeling about that one, buddy?
2: Um. So, th- all right. There's a, there's a lot out there about this game right now, but I, and there's not a lot out there. No one's talking about this the stupid game. Um. But but I've seen a lot of people that don't aren't keenly aware of Indiana football, like probably most Big Ten fans go and just kind of like oh, make a winking motion. And go yeah, Utah's going to run up the score and one by 30 Um, counterpoint to that is, is y'all know Indiana football too well. Um, I watch Indiana shit in its hand and um, give away a game against the Rose bowl bound Penn state and the (laughs) lions. I watched. So this concept that like Indiana is going to get blown out by um, Utah in a extremely empty um, Levi's stadium. And on a Wednesday night, Um, after christmas is probably not accurate Um, to be um, fair that's always what it looks like yeah yeah i so we were we were all super super geeked up and and hoping to play in the music city bowl um and draw one kentucky or tennessee um at cq and when you instead find out that you have been relegated to play utah in the Foster Farms Bowl, and you're going to have to pay about $1,000 both ways to get there, yeah, you're not going to go.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, So one thing that we've been doing is, uh, have you done like a bowl confidence pool or anything like that?
2: No, I totally forgot about it this year because, um, yeah, I don't know why other other than um, I think we all got so lost, especially for us here at Indiana um, with the Kevin Wilson situation. Yeah. And the transition to Tom Allen, and I think we all just kind of forgot about anything um, like actual game-related. But yeah, I, I know what you are talking about, of course.
0: Yes, <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been doing our uh, our bowl confidence picks. I uh, I have Indiana winning this one. And I put four points on it, which um, I could very easily be talked into switching that pick. Uh, and the person who would do that is Nick. Who, uh, Nick, this is your most confident pick.
1: No, no, it's it's up there, but I've I've thirty four points on Utah.
2: I would, if you had to get like put me to get a point number on this bill, I'd probably be around where you are. Yeah. Um, I think Indiana and Utah are two teams that that are. Um, first of all, if you use S and P numbers, Indiana actually matches up incredibly favorably against um, favorably against Utah. I think in four of the five areas that Bill measures head-to-head when a various team has the ball. Indiana will actually have an edge. Um, but also, Utah is a team trending downward somewhat toward the end of the year. Um, this is a team that was in, obviously, CFP contention as recently as three weeks ago in the season. Um, and then they lost to Oregon at home. And um, now they're playing Indiana. And I think is really going to rally around Tom Allen. Yeah. I think this is a team that in, in bowl games, you guys know this. It's so often who cares more. And I don't think Utah is really going to give a shit about the Foster Farms bowl. This is, this is really going to matter for Indiana. It's really important for Tom Allen to get his feet under himself with the program, establish momentum going into next year, which will I think be the best Indiana team in probably the last 30 years um, at Indiana university. So yeah, I'm, we're starting the hype train early for 20, 2017, So Woo! if you're ready, if you're ready for this fall from grace and the drugs that I'm going to have to take <laughs> to get through next football season, boy, you be ready.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Nick. That that's actually a point that Nick brought up uh, earlier about how bowl games are so frequently just which team cares more, and I, I do think Indiana probably goes into this one uh, caring a little bit more. Um, I I think this one's going to be fun. I think this has, this game's either going to end like 17 to 13 or like 42, 35. There is no in between on this. Like it's either just going to get really, really weird in a fun way or really, really weird in a way that everyone turns their televisions off and watches something else. And I think that's good. That's what's so much fun about bowl season. Every once in a while, something silly happens and you never know how silly things are going to get. Uh,
2: yeah. Do, you know, do you know what network this game is on and who has the call for this football game?
0: Uh, I'm looking at the network right now, and I think I have the answer.
2: Uh-huh. Go ahead.
0: Uh, it's on Fox.
2: Yep. And,
0: and I'm going to guess one uh, Mr. Gus Johnson is calling it.
2: Rising fire, baby! Indiana football <laughs> live on National Network television on your Wednesday night over your holiday so, season. So
0: here's the thing with <laughs> Gus Johnson. He called uh, the Big Ten Championship game. And uh-huh. I didn't get a chance to watch since I was there. So I was it not was aware u- until the, like, the next day that yeah. Gus Johnson made it a point to give Trace McSorley the nickname The Wizard, which no one has ever called him. It was fantastic. Anytime Trace did anything like kind of cool... Gus just screamed, "The Wizard" or "The Wizard of Camelot," and it was he
1: referenced he referenced the Wizard and Camelot each individually, probably about twenty times on the broadcast.
0: It was amazing because it made no sense. Like, why would Trace McSorley, who has who who like it's not like his name is like Merlin McSorley or anything, and you can get away with calling him this. His name is Trace McSorley. But for some reason, Gus Johnson went, you know what I'm going to do tonight? Like, he's just sitting in his hotel room, like, eating some room service, reading over some notes. And he goes, I think I'm just going to start calling this dude the Wizard and see what happens. And it works so well. So I hope you're excited for him to start calling Dickie Legow um, anything. like well,
1: Dickie Legow.
0: No, 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 no. That's it. A... Uh, go ahead. Yeah, he's gonna,
1: he's gonna
2: call him Dick or Dickie,
1: one of the yeah. two. Yeah, I was gonna say well, that's what we that's what we call him, but maybe that's what Gus will start yeah. calling him.
0: We actually had a we had an idea for some content uh, that never came about, which was Gus Johnson coming up with nicknames for a- other Penn State football players that just have nothing to do with them, and it was actually pretty funny. And we should start we should try our hardest to make sure that happens because that was that was a very fun day on our Slack. Uh, speaking of the exact opposite of very fun. Uh, Let's talk about the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl between... Wait, wait, wait. Before before
1: you you do that, Foster Farms, you're getting a gift suite, a fossil watch, and a Timbuktu backpack, which I looked up. It's a San Francisco-based company, Timbuktu, and none of these backpacks look like something you would enjoy owning. So.
0: so it's like a backpack for when you go on airplanes and stuff.
2: Where is where is my gift suite from? Is it from Foster? Do you go to the Foster farm itself? Am I actually going to get to select a host of chickens?
0: Yes, you actually or... go. Uh, you go to the farm on Bud Foster's land, and you just per like you get whatever Bud Foster is willing to give you before he starts shooting.
2: That yeah, chicken plays good defense, son.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: it's good for you. Yeah,
1: he's loyal.
0: Uh, but yeah, let's uh. When before we came on the air, Nick and I were talking about the game we were most excited to talk about because it was going to suck. And for me, I said Nebraska against Tennessee uh, because I think this game is just going to be god awful. Um, te- we were talking about motivation and how teams are, you know, get fired up for bowl games and they want to rally together and win for each other. This that that is the exact opposite of Tennessee football. Like this team. The way that it finished the year, just thinking about it, makes me laugh really hard. Because for a while there, it looked like Tennessee was really, really good and the kind of team that could potentially end up winning the SEC East. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then, as it turns out,
2: Bill. what was that? I, 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 I'm, just, I, I'm like starting to cut you off just a little bit there because of, did well, we ever really think Tennessee was that good? Well, here's the
0: thing. At a certain point, we realized that, wait, a massive comeback against Florida and a miracle win over Georgia. Maybe this is more a sign of something terrifying. And then this happened. They lost to Texas A&M by a touchdown. They lost to Alabama 49-10. They went on the road and lost against the Cox. They blew out mm-hmm. Tennessee Tech. They beat Kentucky. They <laughs> hammered Missouri. And then they lost to Vanderbilt. So, yeah. uh, there hits. Yeah. So, <laughs> as it turns out, uh, we are now at a point where Bob Shoop is going to a lesser bowl game, the Penn State, which I just kissed my fingers like I'm an Italian chef or something. This is going to be just a terrible game because Nebraska is not very good either. They started out the season pretty good, but that pretty good again. Close over an Oregon team that wasn't great. Uh, only a 15 point win against Illinois. Really close against Indiana. Really close against Purdue. And then they had to play teams that were not bad. Well, Indiana was the best team in that bunch, and they barely beat them. Then they start playing Wisconsin and Ohio State and Iowa, and they just start losing those games fairly handedly, save for Wisconsin, because Wisconsin doesn't blow teams out. So, going into this one, I picked, I believe I picked, no, I did pick Tennessee, and I put six confidence points on it, and I'm going to make it a point to not watch a single second of this game because I don't think anyone on the field is going to try very hard, especially because Tommy Armstrong's not there, uh, which sucks, but he'll be back next year, so that's fine.
2: This will be uh, a little little bit of backstory here. Um, my, My family, if I cheer for a football team in college football that is not the Indiana Hoosiers, it is the Tennessee Volunteers, I have family from East Tennessee, from Oak Ridge, which is just outside Knoxville, and I'm going to start pulling out this accent if y'all want. Um, <laughs> let me tell you something about Tennessee going to the Music City Bowl. Woo! There is not, will not be a more miserable, just salty, bitching group of people like you will ever see in that god-awful, gaudy orange than those Tennessee Volunteer fans in Nissan Stadium on... December 30th at roughly 3.30 in the afternoon. It's going to be like pissing rain. The Music City Bowl the same every year. The weather is awful. It'll be about 50 degrees, 45 degrees, pissing rain on Nebraska and Tennessee fans. And I swear to God, there will not be a more miserable sold-out stadium <laughs> anywhere in college football over the course of both weeks than those 60,000 um, Tennessee fans and those nicety-nice Nebraska, like the, the kind of like smart army nice Nebraska fans are. <laughs> Oh god, they've got a world of hurt coming soon from when mean Tennessee fans. If you've never met a mad Tennessee football fan, <laughs> it's an interesting creature. Like it is god, man, the Tennessee football fans on the internet are some of the maddest, angriest. Like they'll go in, they'll like they'll find your family photos <laughs> on Facebook and like post them on Twitter. Mike, don't don't fuck with Tennessee fans. Yeah. Just don't.
1: <laughs> how do you think it makes them how do you think it makes them just like individually feel knowing that their loss to Vanderbilt got Vanderbilt bowl eligible.
0: And it got them to a bowl game that is in the town where Vanderbilt plays. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that! Oh my god, Tennessee had to go to Nashville to play Vanderbilt and then they have like a month and then they have to go back to Nashville. That's incredible.
2: Yeah. And so like, and in, in Vandy fans were... Being, being the little bit plugged into Tennessee college football Twitter that I am, Vandy fans were mad about that. They were <laughs> angry that they didn't get to stay at home and play in the Music City Bowl. <laughs> but Tennessee got it anyway because they know Tennessee, Music City Bowl obviously knows Tennessee is going to sell the heck out of that stadium yeah. in any second they can. Um, but yeah, no, that was a big deal in Tennessee that Vandy won that game. But yeah, Tennessee still got to go to the Music City Bowl.
0: Yeah, that makes
2: sense. And of course, Tennessee fans don't want to go to that game, obviously.
0: Uh, Nick, do you think that Tennessee's coaching staff is going to ask Bob Shoup about places to go eat in Nashville?
1: (laughs) I would assume so. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, like, like, I I don't care about this game at all, other than the sadness that it will bring on to some people. Uh, Is there anything that you are looking forward to with this one? Uh,
1: um, Not, no. (laughs) No, honestly, I can't, I mean... Uh, no. (laughs) All right. Short answer, long answer. Short answer and the long answer is no.
0: (laughs) All right, Nick. So what are your points on this one? And what's the uh, giveaway? Because we got one last game to talk about and it's a doozy.
1: So I put, let's see. I picked Nebraska and I put 15 on it. So not terribly confident. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I neither team is good. I think it's just gonna be a weird game, yeah. and I feel like Tennessee at this point is kind of like they've kind of just moved into let's get out of here mode for the season. Let's just get ready for next year. Not that Nebraska is not also there because they definitely are, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. don't there, there's not much analysis behind that. Just kind of a gut, gut reaction. Um, as far as the gifts for this one, they're getting a gift suite and a fossil watch, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a fossil watch is great. It is. Oh, fossil watches are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, uh, before we move on, just really quickly, Kyle, uh, as someone who's a little bit plugged into Tennessee Twitter, how excited are you uh, for this off season? considering how last off season there were a bunch of Tennessee fans who were going, you know what, Butch may gonna have to win eight or nine games if
2: he wants to be our coach next year. It's like, yeah, I mean, it, it's the same thing every year like, if you're a Tennessee football fan, you can go through this process and you can sell yourself on Josh Dobbs. But as long as you your the existing roster that you have put together and in the um, the team that surrounds them, and that clearly there is something wrong in the program when Jalen Hurd up and leaves in the middle of the year, um, I don't have personally any problems with Butch Jones. Um, I think obviously next year it's 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 pretty much when the SEC is through, you're gone. Um, then the question is. Who do you, who do you turn to if you're Tennessee? Is that, um, are, are you sure? going to try to bring, yeah, I mean, um, is it somebody, um, are you going to try to bring home Dave Cutcliffe at age, like, 66? Um, are you going to go after somebody like P.J. Fleck if he's going to stay in Western Michigan for another year? Which would be, I think, a fantastic hire, of course. Yes. Um, but I don't know. I, I think um, the SEC East has not made it stop out uh, uh, to do out well. Um, obviously, um, if Tennessee chooses to go that route, which I'm afraid they will, like I'm afraid we're going to end up with Jeremy Pruitt in Tennessee again. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> but Jeremy Pruitt's Tennessee is something that I, I fear coming down the pike. Um, and yeah, that won't be good. That won't be good for anybody involved. Well, the he- thing you should look forward to about this game, though, is the fight with the Tennessee fans between themselves a Tin Roof after the game. But other than that. Don't watch the game. <laughs>
0: Well, here's the thing. If, <laughs> t- if Tennessee wants to get I- – I think we agree that Tennessee needs a bit of a shot in the arm. They need someone who is going to be willing to, uh, you, know, you know, try and punch up in a way. You know, have to go after Florida, have to go after Georgia, have to go after some of the teams out in the SEC West. Uh, they need a guy who knows how to coach and uh, have success in the SEC, who's able to go into households and say, I've won in ways in this conference, and I think it would be good if they get a younger guy. And a guy with a little bit of head coaching experience. And when I put all that together, the only thing that makes sense uh, for Tennessee is if they go out and hire Wayne Kiffin.
1: Uh, I was about to say that. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I was waiting on when that was going to come up. Like, I was like, I actually just thought to myself. I was like, "Wait, who's the other coordinator?" Bamba? I can't say Jeremy Pruitt's See, I was like, "Oh my god."
0: Yeah. All I was right. Like,
2: no. No. So. No, so let's uh, uh, round not two. Not sure. <laughs> let's uh let's wrap
0: this one up, uh with, uh the other super. There are a lot of really super sad bowl games in this uh, podcast, but for my money, this may be the saddest for a different reason. Uh, Florida against Iowa uh, on uh, January second in the Outback Bowl, in Tampa, and here's why I think this one is so sad. You know that the fine folks of Iowa are in a moral dilemma the likes of which they have never faced before because they, they of course, want their Hawkeyes to win. They obviously do. But you also know that they are in a bad place because Florida is the blooming Onion team. And to the fine folks of Iowa, you would think that more than anything else, they want to get their hands on a deep-fried onion. So, uh, Kyle, what do you think Iowa fans are going to root for? The Hawkeyes or the Onion?
2: Man, I, I don't think – Iowa's not an Outback Steakhouse State. They're a gas station pizza state, man. Like <laughs> but like, like, that's – yeah, like I, I don't think Iowa does bloom, bloom an onion. That's like a nice Friday night for our our, our pal Hawkeyes. Like that's um, <laughs> that's like a little bit out of the price bracket. Like, if we were talking like the, they're like a free Godfather's Pizza or, um, no, Casey's General Store, whatever it is, where they get, they do gas station pizza up there and not like, not like y'all do in Pennsylvania with, with the Wawa shit. That's weird. I still don't understand. So, um, no, I mean like an actual shitty, like, gas station that also sells gas. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that, that's an Iowa food thing. So, I don't think Iowa fans care. I I think actually I was going to beat the tires of Florida in this game. Ooh, interesting. Oddly man. enough, but um, yeah, yeah. So I would say they cheer for Iowa because the prize is not some sort of gas station delectable like a tornado or some other rolled, um, rolled fried food that is not an onion.
0: <laughs> yeah, Nick, uh, I have Florida win in this game. Uh, I got thirty points on it because I just don't think. Uh, The the thought of Florida's offense going up against the speed Iowa's offense going up against the speed on Florida's defense is something that I find very very funny. Um, Of course, Florida can't move the ball uh, to save their lives, and Iowa's a very very sound uh, defense. I think "sound" is the word I want to go for. So, uh, what are you thinking on this one? On this one, and do you think uh, Jack Del Rio's kid or Purdue transfer starts a quarterback?
1: Uh, I won't pretend to know anything about the quarterback situation at Florida. All I know is that they have helped contribute to making Purdue the most active quarterback-producing college in the country, so I'm good with them there. Um, I have 28 points on Iowa winning this game. Uh, For me, it's the gap between... Uh, the offenses is larger than the gap between the defenses. Florida's defense is really good, but so is Iowa's. And Iowa's offense is a lot better than Florida's. So I think I was able to win in like a 10 9 gross <sighs> game. Um, oh, God. Yeah, it won't be pretty. Why it won't that? be pretty. Not at all. I
2: need I
0: need that now. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah. All right. It sounds
2: like, sounds like life, Kyle's. I mean,
0: it sounds like Kyle's a bit busy, so Kyle, say one last thing and then we'll get you out of here.
2: Yeah. I got to hop up because I, I, I stole a computer to hop on here. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say on that <laughs> one, like, I 40, Florida 10. Don't ask me why. And I don't have to defend that because I'm leaving the show. Definitely. All right. Catch you later, buddy. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Bye, Kyle. He's a nice boy. Yeah. Yeah, so you ready? I'll say. <laughs> right,
1: say one last thing just, and then we'll wrap say this again, one up. But... Yes, last time I I don't know if it was the last time Florida was in the outback bowl, but the last time we saw it, heard of Florida in the outback bowl was against Penn State oh, when Jesus. they picked off Matt McGloyne five times. So So you know, go Hawks. Now it's now it's time now it's time for karma to be reversed. A Go Hawk guys! Yeah.
0: And on that note, that's it for this edition of the podcast. Thank you for listening. My
1: usual. Wait, wait, spe- wait, wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. Wait. What? They get a hundred fifty dollar Best Buy gift card. Ooh. An Outback Steakhouse gift card, a fossil Ooh. watch uh Jostin's ring which I looked up is basically like they make the high like ring. graduation yeah. class rings and stuff like that yeah um and a bowl hat oh okay well
0: that I think that's a very underwhelming note uh to end a uh yeah. underwhelming slate of uh of games on so thanks for listening everyone uh yeah again the usual spiel goes here buy shirts follow us all that Thank you for listening to this edition of Roar Lions Radio. For my co host, Nick Pollock, I am Bill DeFilippo. Take care, everyone.